Listen, y'all. You know, I, I say this often. I go back to these interviews for myself. I'm going to go back to this one quite a few times because <laughs> I need to listen to this again and again. I mean, and thankfully, I had we went to a company trip. And I, I think now that I'm a little bit older, I won't say my age, I'm a little bit older now. So I feel very, very more, I feel a lot more comfortable in my skin. And so like, even when I saw the CEO for the first time, I'm like, hey, they talking about stuff over there. I'm safe with you, right? And he laughed, right? I just, because that's who I am. I'm going to make the joke or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. You have to find yourself. You have to find yeah. who you are, man. I, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm trying to collect myself. I don't do this. I don't even write down things many, many times when I have these <laughs> interviews. I don't write down stuff because I'm like, mom, this is amazing. I'm like, my mind is going. But that's a recruiter job. That's a recruiter yeah. job. I tell people all the time: the recruiter is your advocate. So mm. one, you better have, the recruiter need to be your best friend. That's mm-hmm. that's number one. The the recruiter is your advocate when you cannot be in the room to speak on your own behalf. Yeah. So allow me as your recruiter to be your advocate. And if any person has an issue with the recruiter being the advocate, then they have an issue with the partnership that the recruiter is supposed to actually do. Mm. So I've been taught, like I've been trained from my mentor, not anybody else, from my mentor, I've been trained to be the advocate, to be the person who, when you are in the room, you need to open your mouth. If you don't open your mouth, acquiesce to everything that people say so Mm. i am a firm believer in understanding that there are times when my opinion is not the popular opinion and that's totally fine Mm. you also but you're going to respect what i say that's right Mm, that's right wow i was gonna uh, you know what i I heard you say it a couple of times here i'm I'm thinking like yeah she's from jersey because i I live in jersey now too brick city stand up because she's she has that strength right there she's jersey strong can you talk about growing up in jersey and how that made you who you are today yeah so you know in jersey philly area we like to say john right everything is a john j-a-w-n Everything is a John. So right. John is a noun. It describes a person, Anything. place, or thing. Let y'all know. <laughs> so I absolutely love growing up in Jersey, but I think once I hit 17, senior in high school, I started to realize, again, being aware of my surroundings and being observant, I started to learn that I got tired of seeing the same thing every day. Hmm. So I absolutely loved, like my childhood was great. I loved growing up in Jersey. I love the city life when when I realized that I by the time I got older I got tired of the city and wanted to go to the suburb. But Jersey was cool. Like it was cool being able to catch the bus to the mall or it was cool to be able to take the train over the bridge to go to, to the gallery or Market Street in Philly. Or it was it was cool to be able to have all four season and be have blizzards and have snow days. And and what people in the South don't understand is that when we have snow days, we have snow days. Like you can't you can't like go nowhere, but it's very, very much like popular to shovel yourself out and go to work if you can do so. Here, yeah, when you're in North Carolina, the threat of ice, everything shuts down, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. But growing up in Jersey was cool. Um, it taught me, it's very much taught me how to be strong. It, but it also taught me that perception can very much be a liar of how you actually are. Because when mm. I came when I came down here for college, uh, apparently I had this very stank face that everybody says, I thought you was mean, or I thought you was a B word. Like I got that a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm very actually very nice, but I didn't understand 
how my face looked being a northerner i didn't understand like i just looked like that so mm -hmm. being in north carolina for a certain amount of years and then some now visiting home i'll be like y'all mean like why y'all got an attitude like what is wrong with y'all so i so i've now very much adopted that southern hospi hospitality i do still have very much jersey in me though like if i'm with a group a group of people even if it's just me and my husband and we walking down the street if somebody speak he'll speak back and in my mind i spoke back but i didn't say nothing so so i have this hard like it's i'm trying to push myself out of it and i've been trying to push myself out of it since 2007 but this whole thing of speaking to people that you don't know that is very much a jersey philly like up north new york up north type thing so i'm still trying to get out of speaking to people that i don't know i'm still working on it but that's probably the big difference but i loved growing up in jersey i loved um everything about growing up in jersey and then when i came down south it was just it was cool to 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 one be very much in the country and very much a culture shock but then also experience life from a different aspect and from mm from different walks of life mm. you know it's so funny I'm, I'm originally from and i got you know we always say like this i'm from brooklyn new york <laughs> we act like it's a whole different country uh but i'm originally <laughs> from brooklyn and one of the things i find myself i mean i love new jersey because it was great for my family we, we grew out of the space in new york is just crazy expensive um but one of the things i find myself doing is when i'm walking with people i end up speed walking and not walking normally and i'm like oh i gotta remind myself i'm not <laughs> slow down enjoy yeah. the scenery so it's amazing how our background and where we come from can really shape who we are and so that that leads me to something else that you said i thought that's really really important for people to hear and if you miss anything this is gonna be like i think this is gonna be the thing the recruiter mm -hmm. is your advocate can you talk about the type of relationship that you want as a as a as a employee to be to have with the recruiter for whoever the company you're looking to be hired to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So I always tell people that before you get in contact with a recruiter, understand first that our inboxes are absolutely full between our emails and our DMs on all types of social media platforms. So if you don't get a response in a quick manner or within the first couple of days or even a week, give us grace. You may have to follow up because we probably didn't see it because there are Plenty of people that in my inbox that I did not see. Uh, I will always, always of the position that when you reach out to a recruiter, please don't expect the recruiter to do research for you. And you have to know the difference between an agency or a staffing recruiter and an in-house recruiter. So I am an in-house recruiter. I have never been a staffing recruiter. So in-house recruiters will want you to do the research for the company that they currently work for. And then tell them, tell them kind of the preparation that you've done already to then try to either get a referral from them or see if they can help you any further. Staffing recruiters will probably do a lot of the work for you. And I've never been a staffing recruiter. So any staffing recruiter that see this, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. But there are times when staffing recruiters will do a little bit more work because I've heard that based on their hire, it could then be like commission and pay and all of that. In-house recruiters, it, of course, the hires work uh, work for us and all of that, uh, but we don't. It's not necessarily commission based. So there are times when a, a staffing recruiter may work at a different level of urgency as an in-house recruiter. I will say that 
you definitely have to know the difference and you definitely have to do the research on the company that the recruiter works for. Also, do your research on the actual recruiter themselves. And what I mean by that is this. I have had people in my inbox ask me, what do you recruit for? And it's mm, literally right, right next to me. It's literally. <laughs> it, be, it would literally be right next to my name. And I promise I'm not hiding it. So like, or it was one time when I said, okay, I was like, babe, I'm going to change my name on LinkedIn. So I was like, I put Shanae software engineer PMs Urker, right? I, I put that. it as my middle name just to see like if people would look and I still got the, well, what do you recruit for? And I'm like, dog, like you ain't see it. It's in my name. Like, So I would say definitely do your research on on some of the things that we actually recruit for because it is most of the time on our profiles. If it's not on our profile, it's okay to say, I looked on your profile and I'm not sure what positions you recruit for, but I was wondering if this position is assigned to you, if you have any information. That brings me to my DM template. I've created a DM template specifically because I kept getting DMs around like ill-prepared messages. And, and DMs that kind of gave me the inclination that you did nothing. So I had someone, I had one of my clients reach out to me and she emailed me. She said, Shanae, I want to send this DM to this recruiter, but I'm not sure how to word it. Do you mind get, giving me some help? I said, sure. So I started writing the DM back to her in an email. And I was like, this could be a template. I wonder if other people could use it. And I just posted it. And when I posted it, I had so many people like, Oh my gosh, this is really helpful. And all it's saying is, here's my name is this. I, I apply for this position with this company. Uh, I understand that you may not be attached to the role, and I completely understand that confidentiality is a thing. But if you can share my LinkedIn profile with the person that is assigned to this role, if you're not, I would really appreciate it. Mm. The reason why it's important to ask for your LinkedIn profile link to be shared is because. What recruiters like me, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to word certain things. Instead of saying I don't particularly care for, because that sounds real rude. I don't, I prefer you to, you to say, you to actually ask me to attach mm -hmm. your resume than to just attach your resume. Reason for that is because if I see it, then it automatically, automatically makes me feel like I'm obligated to actually look at your resume when technically I'm not. Mm. And if I don't look at it, I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you or I, you saw me see the message and I just decided not to, like, it's, it's a really uncomfortable situation. Good so point. I always tell people, before you attach your resume, ask the recruiter or the person that you're messaging, can you attach your resume? Give them at least a chance to say yes or no. If they say yes, of course, attach your resume. If they decide to say no, ask them, well, do you mind if I give you my LinkedIn profile so you can share this with somebody that you may know who may be hiring or who may be attached to the position that I'm recruiting for? The reason why sharing your LinkedIn profile versus sharing your resume is important is because your resume has personal identifiable information on it that if it gets to the wrong hands after you've attached it, then that person or the company that that person works for is responsible for your information getting into the wrong hands of someone else. So your LinkedIn profile is public information. 
So that is, is just public. So it's easier for us to share the profile, which is why I always say, please make sure your LinkedIn's are updated because hiring managers will look at your LinkedIn's before the recruiters even find you. So if your LinkedIn profile is public, we don't have to use, we don't have to have the the possibility of liability uh, from sharing your resume. So your resume has your email, personal information, your name, personal information, your phone number, personal information, right? We don't want those things to be to get into the wrong hands of anyone. So it's safer to use your LinkedIn profile. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people get upset when we say, keep your LinkedIn updated. Well, why not my, my resume? It's to protect your information. That's why. So I always tell people, if your LinkedIn acts like a floating resume, it's just easier to take that link from the URL and pass it on to the next person. And if it's updated, you won't have an issue if people look at your profile or whatever. So it's just easier. So I would say to follow the instructions of the recruiter whenever you are trying to build relationship with the recruiter uh, so that then they can then refer you to other positions that they may not even be over. They may refer you to their peer friend recruiters who may be uh, recruiting for other positions within that company or other companies in general. So you just want to follow the instructions of the recruiter to make it easier on the recruiter. And although you may not agree with it, for me, for me, for example, I can only speak for myself. For me, it's just easier if I tell you to do something and do it a certain way. So it makes it easier on me to then share your information with the necessary party. You on mute. That's how excited I am. I'm just like, ah! I had a kids jumping up the stairs. I had to mute myself. But I'm like, man. So you're saying that your re your LinkedIn profile should be identical to your resume minus the personal information. You're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. so for example, like I yeah. like if you decide to put your email on your LinkedIn, like that's your that's what you decide to do because but yeah. LinkedIn itself, the platform is public. So if your link, if your if you start getting spam phone calls and emails. That's because you decided to put your stuff on your LinkedIn. Now, if you if you got that stuff from your resume and that and you share your resume with someone in a company and that resume somewhere circulated and got into the wrong hands, Light that over. company is liable mm. for your personal information being stolen or whatever. If you put your personal information on a platform, a public platform, then that is on you. So mm. you always the company is always going to want to make sure they're protected. Yeah. So you just, and, and we always want to make sure you're protected as a candidate. Yeah. So we prefer to use your LinkedIn profile link opposed to your actual resume because your resume is in the applicant tracking system anyway. Mm. So we can pull your resume from a secure space versus sharing it in our, on our emails or in our like chats and stuff. Mm. Real quickly, because this is so good, but my uh, time is coming short. I want to definitely get this in there because I know people are going to ask me this. Do's and don'ts on the interviews. What do you, what, what would be your bullet points for that? Yeah. Um, never say I don't know to a question ever. Mm. Make up something on the spot if you have to ever. Because the thing is, if, if you can't make up something on the spot, it's testing your quickness and you mm. being able to make very quick decisions. And at times you're going to be on the job where you have to make very quick decisions. If yeah. you can't do that in the interview, then the supervisor is not going to think you'll be able to do that on the actual job when the time comes. Mm, so I would always say, make sure you don't answer anything with, I don't know, or 
I would say if you decide to say something where I've where you say I've never had that happen, but yeah. I have had this happen before. Give a give an additional example where where the the interviewer can connect with you. So if you decide to answer a question and it, and your your answer is I've never had that happen, don't yeah. stop there. Say I've never had that happen, but I have had I had this happen. If you don't mind explain me explaining it this way, it's normally normally welcome. So I always just make sure you have an answer for every question, yeah. and make sure I always say this when I'm when I'm mock interviewing people. Make sure that if someone asks you a question with respect to some, an example, behavioral based question, for example, where the question is asking you to pull from your current or past experiences, yeah, if the is a behavioral based question and is asking you to do as such, please don't keep using examples from your most current role or you, mm. like the role that you're currently in. Because there is no point of you listing all of these jobs on your resume if you're not going to be able to speak to a couple of them. So mm. the, the whole point of your resume is you being able to pull examples from every single job that you've had. So being able to know your resume off the back of your hand is important. And I've had hiring managers in the past say stuff like oh that person knows their resume that's a standout person if you can if you're able to pull examples like the back of your hands like i've had people say um uh like they'll have they'll use either like similar examples of the same examples from their current role that they're currently in and i'll say well what's the point of having all these other jobs on here if you're not going to speak to those other jobs so i would say to know your resume absolutely know you know it like the back of your hand and even if it's something that you don't think is an important example it still may be good enough for the interviewer to connect with and you being able to say well at this job this would happen okay so when i was here this is what happened and vice versa so you're able to speak to everything and then i think the last thing i would probably say is to make sure that when you are in your interview there's a difference between answering the question and going into storytelling mode Storytelling mm. mode to pull the interviewer in. Like I always tell people, if you get the, if you see the interviewer writing, right? If you see him writing or you see him typing, if you see him stop and go like this, they're they're intrigued, right? So if you get the interviewer to lean in and and like get them to be like a part of your story, then you completely like you got them. So I always tell people, so good. Give the give like the very meat and potatoes of a story that you're about to tell. And then if you say like the, the example I gave earlier with the two different interviews and the, the my when I interviewed for a company where the the interviewer was like, so what happened? Did did it get hired? Who got hired? Like and, and so I told I answered the question. I took her through, through storytelling mode. And then she was like, so. I'm glad that you spoke up. So did she get hired? Did she get interviewed again? Like she had more questions. She was so intrigued by that story that that yeah. interview, the hour interview that was supposed to be an hour lasted for like 38 minutes because she was like, oh my gosh, like that was great. <laughs> so I would, so I would absolutely say intrigue your storyteller, intrigue them with like literally the examples. Some of the examples I gave, I literally went like this, turned my chair, went like that. And it explained how how a certain thing happened. Like I had a hiring manager who uh, she was in an interview and a candidate, every time the candidate spoke, she literally was like this. The more she spoke, the more she sunk. And I, I sat up in my chair to make sure I was sitting up 
before I sent her a chat and I said, sit up, you are slouching. She looked at the chat, she grinned and she sat right up. But the more the candidate spoke, the more she sunk. So when I was in my interview, I sunk. So that the interviewer mm. can her in their mind of this is how I, I handle certain things as a recruiter. So it's okay to put yourself in that space of storytelling mode and actually like entertain the, the interviewer a little bit. If that's who you are, do it. So yeah. I was I would say those are maybe three points. Oh Lord. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be a two-part series. I, I can't put this all in one video. This is this is gonna be a two-part series. Oh man, uh, to sum it up, we have now I gotta just say this. Y'all, if y'all really feel like she, which she has done, dropped some amazing gems. Please put in the comment section below. Say thank you. Just say thank you to Shanae. Like I want you to. I want you to say thank you letters to Shanae right now. Make <laughs> sonnets to Shanae right now. Make erect erect statues if you want, because right now this right here. Like I, I I'm telling you, I never really write down when I'm doing interviews. I'm always like, but I'm like, I'm taking it in. I'm writing things down because so like I'm like man I. I, and I forgot I could go back to this later, but it's just like I'm so in the moment. <laughs> well, let me let me give you something else to write down. Oh, Lord. so <laughs> the reason why I wrote so I wrote a total. I started writing my templates in October, mm -hmm. and since October, I've written sixteen templates. Wow! All of those templates are based on kind of the hiring process of any company, and and kind of the steps that you you should be look forward to whenever you're trying to you're on your job search and i did this to make the job search easier for candidates so the first thing you do is you use the dm template the dm template breaks the ice and it helps okay. you learn how to network and what to say DM. you hit the dm template you get your referral and then you the next step is the recruiter screen every company has a recruiter screen uh -huh. and that recruiter screen the screen the screening with the recruiter a lot of people kept asking me well how do i prepare for a recruiter screen I was like, cool, I'll put it in a template. So I wrote out a recruiter screen template. From there, once the recruiter screen is done and you get referred to the hiring manager and you start preparing for interviews, I wrote a template for an interview prep. And this is what you look forward to in interview prep. From mm -hmm. there, once you're in the interview, there is a, a very, at the very end of the interview, you become the interviewer when the interviewers ask you, do you have any questions? At that point, you switch from the candidate to the interviewer. At that point, it is your turn now to ask very, very stern, sometimes uncomfortable and intriguing questions that makes the interviewer think. So I have a list of 10 questions in my interview questions template that will literally make you look like a standout candidate. Mm. From there, candidates will say, OK, I've interviewed, but I haven't heard anything. Do you have something where I could send to the interviewing panel? Cool. I wrote a post uh, interview email follow up template that you can send to a, a to a hiring panel. Yeah, I've had to use it and get offers quickly. From there, once you actually get your offer, I wrote a salary negotiations template so you can ask certain questions so you can then understand how salaries are broken down and how your packages are broken down. Mm. And so then from there, I wrote uh, I wrote for people who want oh. promotions and don't know how to kind of like straddle the fence of do I ask my manager I don't really know how to address it I wrote an immediate promotion template where 
where people can use on the job and say, okay, this is a template that I can send to my manager based on the relationship that you have. Because yeah. I would word it differently based on the relationship that you have. But this is what I can send to my manager if I if I'm looking for a promotion. I also have a pivoter template that kind of language that you can put in your professional summary or your career objective on your resume and then language that you can put at the the last two sentences of the first paragraph of your cover letter. Mm. So then I from there I wrote a cover letter resume a cover letter template, I wrote a resume template based on how my resume is set out and how my cover letter is set out. Mm. I then from there I asked my mom, I said, "Well, mom, if you wanted to how would you find another job if you wanted to find another job like like give me a just give me some thoughts on that and she said well so my mom is a cna she said well if i wanted to find another job i'm up in age now i wouldn't even know where to begin so i was like cool i said then i thought age discrimination cool Mm. i wrote a seasoned candidates template and i called it seasoned candidates to one be safe because i want to like Anybody was, I didn't want to feel like the recruiter comes and calls you a hole. I didn't want to feel like that. I was like, they seasoned. So I was like, okay, I, I'm going to write a seasoned candidate's template where right. you can use this language to seek out a career coach so that they can help you and kind of handhold you a little bit throughout the process. And then I also wrote, I also wrote, a, I also wrote a, a template on, I wrote so many of them. <laughs> I hope I said them all, but I wrote uh, 16. But you have them all in like a like a folder, like is it, they're all in one they folder. They are so they're on my there. I use a platform called Gumroad. Okay. And so they're on Gumroad. So, um, so if you go that. on, yeah. So if you go on my LinkedIn, um, there is my name, and then under it, it says Durham, North Carolina. Under Durham, North Carolina, it says RC Job Seeker Templates. If you hit that hyperlink, my templates will pop up. Man, I know a couple people that could use that. I man. Oh, and I'm and not- let me just say they do work because since October I've helped. I think more at this point I I lost count, but I'm at more than forty plus people have either, have either gotten interviews or gotten offers since October. It's like 10, mm-hmm. 10, people, 10, people, 10 people per month. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, wow, October, yeah. Oh man, that's listen, y'all. She just gave you some gems. Rubies, diamonds, and pearls. Y'all need to go right now and unlock the treasure chest that is on her LinkedIn. I put it in the description below. I'll make it even easier. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the link to the templates in the description as well. Y'all know what to do. Click, click, click. Go right now. I'm gonna put everything YouTube, everything that she has. I'm gonna put in the description as well. And we're gonna wrap it up with this one thing called the mindset, the brain here, right? So what is Man, you said a lot in regarding mindset. <laughs> we went from we went from imposter syndrome to like grit to like there's so many mm-hmm. things. So, what would you sum up the mindset someone needs to have to be Sinead, where you are, and to scale from there? Uh, you first have to very much accept who you are and like who you are first. Like it took me so long to get there. I was a person who was very much had FOMO quite a bit. Like I had very much FOMO with everything. I wanted to be included in everything from friendships to family. Like I wanted to be included all the time. And I felt like if I wasn't included, then I wasn't loved as much. And so I started to get to a point where I started liking my own company. And once I started liking my own company, I stopped caring if I was invited or not. So I would say 
to very much first like who you are. And once you like who you are, you'll understand what you'll tolerate and what you won't tolerate. And that's in your professional life. That's in your personal life. That's where it started. It started for me. From there, I think what it takes is it takes a certain level of redirection. Um, I understand that a lot of people don't like the word failure. So I'll say redirection. And it takes a, a moment to humble yourself to know that you don't know everything and learning from people who actually are ahead of you. So I've ha- I'm very humble and I may be I, what I call, I call myself a hard ass sometimes. I may be very much passionate about what I'm talking about, but I'm never above learning from people who know more information than me. And I'm never above saying that I was wrong and I deserve to be corrected. So I think if you have those values, then it won't be hard to start growing and start having people gravitate to some of the things that you believe in and have healthy disagreement. And it's okay because not everybody's going to disagree, but there is a certain level of respect that you have to demand so that you don't always walk through this life feeling like you are less than what you, what God says you are. Mm. You are, I am who he says I am. Mm. He, mm-hmm. he, you, 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 you have to, know your value you have Mm -hmm. to know your value because the one that created you created you with the value inside of you Mm -hmm. man i know there's people that are that have laughed in this conversation they may have cried they definitely wrote down notes like i did (laughs) and Mm -hmm. they are definitely going to be applying this because this is so helpful to the community if this has been helpful, I need you to got again. I was, I was I'm, I'm serious. Write a letter of appreciation to Shanae. And in fact, <laughs> you know what? The biggest I think appreciation you could show her is actually taking the things she's saying and using it. I think yeah. that'll be the greatest level of appreciation we can give. So if you can mm-hmm. do that, like, comment, and subscribe to the channel, of course. But definitely do what she's saying to do. She those testimonies that she gets back from every person that uses a template that says, "Hey, I landed a job." That that means the world to her. I I know that it does. does. It does. Like people yeah. ask me, how can I repay you? I'm like, send me a temp- send me a testimony. Yeah. I don't yeah. want your money. I need you to send me a testimony. I don't want. Right. I don't want like, oh, well, can I send you this? I'm like, no, I don't want no gifts. Send me yeah. send me a testimony. Once you, that's a gift for me. Like mm-hmm. they they'll send me to tears when I hear how where some people were and then where they where they've come to. That's where I'm like, come on, God. Like, all right, God, come on, God. Yeah. So that's where I get my excitement from. So you send me those testimonies and that is repayment enough for me. On top of that, let me actually add to that. Put a recommendation on her LinkedIn page. Said, oh, yeah, be, <laughs> be like, Sinead said a da, 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 job. I, you know, I recommend it highly. Put a, put, put a bunch of those down there so that algorithm oh, keeps pushing her out as well because more people need to know about these templates. We need mm-hmm. 40 to become 400, right? Absolutely. We need that number to, to be multiplied. So with that being said, oh, this has been this has been a, a, a whirlwind of joy and blessings here. I'm so glad to have Shanae on. And like I always like to say, till next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Take care, family. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>